Welcome back to the Against All Odds, the Less Than 1% Chance podcast with your host, Maria Ponte, where we will hear stories of incredible people thriving against all odds. And my hope is that we can all see how life is always happening for us, even when we are the Less Than 1% Chance. Hey, hey, welcome back to Against All Odds, the Less Than 1% Chance podcast with your host, Maria Aponte. I hope you are doing fantastic today. I am going to tell a little bit of background into my history with my oldest daughter and a little bit about us. And I'll explain to you why in a little bit, but I wanted to really give you just the background of the struggles that we've had, that we've had to overcome, that has really been a huge part of our life in my family. So I really wanted to highlight that because there's something really important that I'm working on and I'm really excited and have had very little sleep in the last few days. And it's been like this burst of creation, of creativity, of getting this constructed and put together And I'm really, really excited about it. But I feel like in order to get there, I want to be able to have this episode so that I can reference our story without having to go way into it on a different platform. I really want to just highlight things that we experienced. When me and my ex-husband, my kid's father, separated, my oldest was six years old about to be seven. And since that moment, she has really struggled with her mental health to a level of around 11. She was diagnosed, 11 or 12, diagnosed bipolar. Looking back now, I really truly feel like she's not necessarily bipolar. There is definitely mental health struggles. 100%. However, I feel like that wasn't the correct diagnosis, but that was the diagnosis that helped us get through to getting her help. I think without that diagnosis, we would have still been spinning our wheels. And so it was a necessary thing for the time being in that moment. So take you back a little bit. So when I started taking her to therapy right after maybe like a month or two after my ex-husband left our house. And she was definitely expressing all of those emotions outwardly and having really bad tantrums, I guess you could call them, episodes. And they were just becoming increasingly difficult for me. I was the only adult in the house. And it was really heartbreaking that she would... For years, when she would have an episode, she would just have this really dull cry and it would last hours and she wouldn't let up on him. And I remember just her in her room that was right next to mine and it was just hours and hours and hours of just, I think her longest was like four hours that she would just have this really dull It sounded like a fake cry because it was just so deafening. (laughs) I don't even know if that's the right word, but it just, it was just very monotone. And 
this went on for years. We went through individual therapy, family therapy. Every time she would have an episode, she would just get very aggressive and mean. And she would say things would hurt everyone in the household. My other two kids that are younger than her. And it was just really, really hard. I seriously feel like she just struggled internally because that's not who she is and she knows that but she still struggled with trying to not let whatever was coming out take over there was many times where I had to call the cops because it was just too much on me and I remember a lot of the times like if I would call, let's say I would call her dad and it was very frustrating. And I, I don't blame him or anybody in this situation. It was just what the reality was in that moment, but she would be crying for hours and I would call someone and the frustration of just being told, well, she's not listening to me. So I call me when she's, when she calms down and it would get so frustrating because at that time I had it handled, right? If she stopped crying and she calmed down, then I had it handled. And at that point, then I didn't need anyone else to interject. And so it was many years of that. And I felt so alone for so many years, so very alone. I I felt like the odd one out. I felt like, like it was always my... It was my fault that she was this way that, and could we even go somewhere that she wouldn't cause a scene? And, and when she did, I would get looked at and I was a young mom and it was just really, really difficult to, and you wanted answers. That's all you wanted. And they were just it was just, I feel like I kept getting the runaround. And when she was in fifth grade or going into sixth grade, I, that was the year that I was personally going through cancer. And I asked for her to be held back in, no, sorry. She was in sixth grade going into seventh and my son was in fifth going into sixth. And then my youngest was, I think, just starting kindergarten. And I I asked her school. I talked to the principal. I talked to everyone I had to, to hold her back a year because that year I didn't have any more to give myself. And I asked that same thing for my son. I spoke with the principal. The principal was absolutely incredible. And he understood. And shout out to Mr. Gaffney, (laughs) because he was a champion throughout this for us. And it was just so difficult, because with her, I felt like I was asking all the right things to help her. But the school system wouldn't allow her to be held back. She was not granted the same opportunity as my son in being able to redo that year so that she could actually grasp everything, so that she could actually be a part of 
feeling successful and and really learning from ground zero, right? And so she struggled in school with her grades all throughout school from sixth grade on to senior year. She would get F's, but because I had gotten her a IEP, it protected her in some way, which I think that they're very important and they're needed because she didn't need that extra help. However, they just kept pushing her along and I would get so frustrated. And so at school, she felt like she was failing. And then at home, she would have these meltdowns and felt like she was failing. And it was just this snowball effect of everywhere I wanted them to hold her back because I wanted her to have the opportunity to succeed and to learn like how life is that if you don't put the effort in anything in life, there's going to be consequences. And so I felt like it was just the school kept pushing her along and she was always very loved. So It wasn't like she was mean and rebellious towards teachers or anything like that. She was always super loved. Everyone always loved her. However, every time I spoke with the teachers, it was like their hands were tied. No matter what recommendations they would give, she would still be pushed along. So she would still make it to seventh grade. She would still make it to eighth grade with failing grades. And it, I, I felt like it set her up to fail it set her up to not learn that when we don't put our effort into something, it just gave her the permission to just not try at all. And it snowballed all through high school that way too. She was just like, well, I'm going to pass anyway, so whatever. And it didn't set her up for success in her, in adulthood she is now 19 years old and and still learning the whole workforce dynamics and it's really it was really it was really frustrating to see that she was just continuing to be pushed along and i think it was doing her so much of a disservice rather than anything positive for this to happen but what did I know, right? And so for many years, we struggled. It became really increasingly bad during COVID, increasingly bad. She was Baker acted for the first time. I remember she had been arrested and taken to juvie twice before that. And it was never in long enough. So she would attack me. Her love language was is physical touch. It still is. And she wouldn't allow me to even put my finger on her shoulder. I couldn't touch her. I couldn't hug her. And I saw that she would hug everyone else. And it really took a toll on me at the beginning until one day her, her therapist, I remember I was talking to her about it and and she tells me Maria it isn't that she doesn't love you it's that you are her unconditional you are the person that she knows and is certain that 
anything happens, you will be there no matter what. So she is going to take it all out on you because you won't let her go. You won't push her away. You won't abandon her. And in that moment, I think it clicked for me and I had to take my emotions out of it for a bit so that I could best serve her in the way that she needed. It has been a journey, a huge journey with her. So she was Baker acted about, I want to say three or four times. I think I, I feel like I lost count and it was hard. It was hard seeing her the, well, let me back up first time that she got taken to juvenile detention. She, it was so hard to see her put in handcuffs. And it was like, my baby, I know this sweet girl. And then all of a sudden, that's not who was in front of me. And it was just so hard to see her being taken away every single time. The second time that she got sent to juvie, she just went haywire on me. And she ended up with some of my hair in her hand. She, I think, bit me at some point. It was, it was just, it was so scary. (laughs) And I felt so bad for my other two kids because I feel like they didn't get a lot of the attention that they needed in that time because I obviously had to make sure that she was safe, that she was okay, that they were safe. I I remember one time where she locked herself in the in her room and I ended up taking the door from the hinges and I put that door on my back and I she was left without a door and in that same house that we lived in at that point I remember one time she took everything out of her closet out of her drawers off of her walls off her nightstand everything and threw it all on the floor and she it was just like slinging everything. And I I think I still have pictures somewhere. It was just so hard, so hard to know even what to do. Do I let her just do this or do I put my foot down? But when I do put my foot down, then what? Then what happens? And I think around that time, actually, yeah, around that time, I... You know how I've said it before, life is always happening for you and not to you, right? So at that time, I I had to take in my nephew for circumstances that, that were just not the best. And so I took my nephew in. He caused some trouble in his home and it was either me or a group home. And I said I would rather take him. And he was troubled as well. And in that time, I learned a lot how to deal with a teenager. He was 17 years old. 
And there was a moment that he, I had to also call the cops on him because he was just taller than me. And just, he was going at it. He was just in a really bad state of mind at that point. And so I feel like that prepared me as hard as it was that prepared me for the things that I would have to experience with Isabel. And he was close to turning 18 at that time. He was like less than a month away from turning 18. So by the time the paperwork went through and we were given what they call wraparound services, this was our first in-home service that I was able to find help and I felt seen and heard and they took care of things that we needed. And this was the first time, the first time I ever received any type of program assistance. So it was for my nephew, but for the home, but my nephew had turned already 18 in that moment and had just left my house. So then they shifted all of the paperwork for my daughter because then a situation with her happened. And so it was this huge blessing in disguise, how everything worked out. And we got these two angels that would come on a weekly basis and set goals with my kids, with all of them. And we would set family goals. And that was like the first like little twinkle of hope that I got in this craziness of like years that I just felt so alone and frustrated and defeated in so many ways. I, I find that I find myself really feeling this immense sense of gratitude for those crazy circumstances that happened because it was the thing that prepared what the services that we ended up getting later. So I went from seven to 14, maybe 13, without any kind of additional assistance other than her therapist. And that right there was what's opened my eyes to all of the things that were actually possible, all of the programs that were there for our help, all of the people that were dealing with the same things that I was dealing with. And I just for so long felt so lost and didn't even know that these programs existed, that these things were out there and didn't know techniques. I started to learn how to meditate. I started to learn how to do things for myself so that I could just be a better parent for her and for my other two kids. And so there was just so many things that we experienced that led us to where we are now. It it has gone from not So she graduated and two days later left my house and I felt like the world fell on top of me. I was devastated. I was devastated and scared and all the fears came up 
all of the fears came up. And I remember telling her, I was like, I pray that you are, have whatever I had in me at that age to make it happen and prove me wrong. I hope that you proved me wrong with all of my heart because I don't want you to fail at, at this. I want you to be so sure that this is what you want, that you make it happen. That was May of 2022. Yeah, because we're in 2023. And she is 19 and still out of my house. She calls me almost daily. Sometimes she calls me to ask for a hug, which is huge because there were so many years that she wouldn't let me even touch her. And I'm just so freaking proud. I'm so proud of her and her tenacity and her resilience. And she still struggles with her mental health and she still has her own episodes and things that she goes through. But she is, God, she's a fighter. And I'm so, so dang proud of her. I am so dang proud of her. I still am mom and I still give speeches and I still am there to listen and I still put my two cents in. However, I feel like she, we've gotten to a point where, you know, I tell, I've told her already, listen, if you just need me to listen, just tell me that's what you need. Because if you don't tell me that's what you need, I'm going to give you my opinion. And I'm, I've been always very open and honest with all of my kids and feel like I have that open door policy to talk to me. However, I'm just so stinking proud of her. And, and it's definitely allowed me to see her growth. And I'm so just honored that, that, God knew that I was going to be strong enough to really be the person, the champion that she needed on her side, in her corner. And it really went from feeling defeated and feeling crisis all the time to this confidence in how I can show up as a parent and how I can show up as a human being to my children. We still go through our things because, hello, they're teenagers. But I really feel like it's opened that door of communication and understanding, especially with her. She's definitely at a place where she understands that I'm always going to be there no matter what. And anyways, all of this to say, I've had some massive inspired action the last 48 hours. And 
I really am so excited because I'm going to host a masterclass that is geared towards helping parents go from crisis to confidence and really just giving the parents a guide to their child's mental health. And it comes solely from the experience that I've had, the life experience that I've had. And I'm really, really excited. And I feel really, really passionate about this because I remember feeling defeat. And I remember feeling like I felt like the weight of the world on me. And I remember feeling, is this ever going to get any better? And I'm here to say that it can, and it will. And I really want to provide resources and I'm just really, really excited about this. So I'll put the information for that class in the description, but it's also in all of my social media. So the link in my bio, it'll have it on there. I'm really, really excited. So if this is something that you need as a parent, or maybe it's something that that you know of a parent that needs it. I encourage you to check this out for or send this to them. And really, I really hope to just serve from my heart because it is not an easy journey. And I really, truly feel like there was purpose and meaning behind the experiences that I had that can lead me now to shortening that learning curve for somebody else. And so that's what I have for you today. And if you've struggled with mental health or with a child with mental health, I would love to hear your story. So please reach out, leave a review. I really, really feel really passionate about this because I remember, I remember how it felt and being just on the other side of that is huge. I hope that served you in some way. And thank you so much for tuning in. Peace out, guys. Love your life. Bye.